The lectionary today included passage from the Genesis about Joseph. I was happy to revisit this ancient story. I've used the word rainbow in the title for this sermon, not to recall the many colored coat Joseph received as a gift from his father Jacob, but call attention to the way again and again Joseph seems able to discover possibilities in otherwise distressing circumstances. We learn from the stories in Genesis that Joseph was the 11th of Jacob's 12 sons. We know that his brothers were jealous of the favor Jacob showed Joseph. The brothers arranged to sell Joseph as a slave to merchants traveling to Egypt. Joseph became the servant of a well-placed official named Potiphar. Because of his skills, this official expanded Joseph's responsibilities. Joseph demonstrated his abilities in many different ways to manage both the household and the fields. As a result, Potiphar's estate flourished. In the meantime, Potiphar's wife becomes attracted by Joseph and attempts to seduce him. Joseph rebuffs her. She is outraged. She tells her husband that Joseph attacked her. Believing his wife's lie, Potiphar has Joseph jailed. Joseph spends time in jail. Again, because of his good behavior, he gains the respect and trust of his jailer. After a couple of years, it happens that the ruler of Egypt, the pharaoh, sends his baker and his cupbearer to jail. At one point in time, they each have dreams for which Joseph offers interpretations. They are eventually freed by the pharaoh. Moreover, in keeping with Joseph's interpretation of their dreams, one is restored to his position and the other is killed. More time passes. Joseph remains in jail. The Pharaoh has a couple of disturbing dreams. These dreams haunt him. Eventually, at the advice of his cupbearer, he seeks out Joseph. Joseph offers an interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams. Joseph predicts that during the next seven years, the harvest will be extraordinarily good. However, during the following seven years, the famines will occur. So the Pharaoh should arrange to store, this, to store the surplus grain from the seven good years when the land will be, uh, uh, seven good years will, when there will be much grain. And in the seven following years, when the land will be plagued by famine, they will have ample grain to feed the people. The Pharaoh considers this good advice. He then asks Joseph to help administer the arrangements both to restore, to store the excess grain in the good years and to distribute it in the famine years. These arrangements are not only good for the people of Egypt and the surrounding area, they are also good for Pharaoh. Eventually, many Israelites living in Palestine who are also suffering from famine make their way to Egypt, and Joseph and his brothers are reconciled. Despite diverse handicaps, Joseph is able to work one wonder after another, including forgiving his brothers for throwing him into a pit and thereby causing him to be sold as a slave. What are we to make of these stories? How are we to interpret them? Well, first, in the keeping with the style of the time, the author of these stories, which was written many years after the events, uh, develops a particular style 
he makes Joseph into a superhero. The other stories in Genesis have the same character of superheroes. There are people who live uh, very long lives, who bear children at very extremely old ages, who wrestle with uh, angels, who overcome adversity after, one after another, and who eventually, and who have God's favor, even though they may be cheating their brother out of their inheritance. Uh, all, sometimes the stories also are written as miracle stories in order to show the power of God to do what God chooses. I will use a different approach. I will use a historical-based approach to interpret the stories of Joseph. My approach is also based on a recognition of the ways we humans have been and can be blessed by God's grace and power. Joseph acts in amazing ways, again and again in the midst of dire situations, overwhelmed by deluges of disaster, he spies rainbows of opportunity. At a human level, how by God's grace and power might Joseph have been able to discover these possibilities? How can we, drawing on God's grace and power, discover possibilities in the midst of our distressing times? In five distinctive ways, Joseph acts so that what uh, is most likely, so actually he can make the, most, the best of distressing situations and discover possibilities in the midst of disaster. He is realistic, grateful, patient, flexible, and imaginative. In the process, he avails himself of the powers and opportunities God graciously and providentially makes available to him. Joseph is realistic about the situations in which he finds himself. He is thrown into a pit by his brothers and becomes a slave in the household of a foreigner. He does not spend his time bemoaning his situation and wishing for revenge, either on his brothers or on his Egyptian master. Acting in keeping with the counsel of the Psalm 37, he does not seem to be fretting about the wickedness of those who put him in these distressing situations. Nor does he seem to be fretting when he ends up in prison. Nor, in ways unlike the psalmist, does he seem to be waiting for those who mistreated him to be punished. Realistically, he sought to use what talents he had to serve those who had control over his life. The biblical text indicates that Joseph has abilities in interpreting dreams, in management, and in public administration. He finds ways of using these abilities to help these authorities, including Potiphar, the jailer, and the pharaoh, and in the process, he enhances his own situation. Incidentally, the biblical text especially focuses on Joseph's almost magical abilities at dream interpretation. It seems reasonable to conjecture that this ability was supplemented with complementary abilities to discern both changing historical and ecological change, uh, to, yeah, changing historical and ecological changes and effective abilities at managing social and economic systems. It is important to add in the second place that Joseph had a gift for gratitude. He expressed gratitude for the opportunities afforded him by the officials in Egypt and in return provided good services for them. More importantly, 
although offered ample occasions for understandably feeling resentful for how he was treated by his brothers in Potiphar, he doesn't give in to these feelings. The absence of resentment is an indirect indication of the presence of gratitude. In distressing times, in the absence of gratitude, people characteristically feel resentful. Gratitude dispels resentment. Feelings of resentment are rampant today on the political left, on the political right, and many places in between. It is possible to sense the feeling of resentment hovering around the otherwise useful counsel in Psalm 37. Clearly, the author of this psalm feels upset about the behavior of many who are wealthy and powerful. With feelings of resentment, we dwell on what we wish for and don't have. We are prone to become spiteful. In contrast, Joseph seeks to make the best of what he does have. His feelings of gratitude function to free up personal energy and time so he can better appreciate what he can do with what he does have. Three, Joseph exemplifies the virtue of patience. He waits for the fitting opportunities to serve his master. He waits in jail. He cautions the Pharaoh patiently to store excess grain for seven years. During this time, Pharaoh may well have wanted to exploit the surplus for contemporary advantages. Joseph patiently waits for the opportune moment to see his father and to be reconciled with his brothers. We all know that things can go wrong when we give in to feelings of impatience. To be sure, we must at times face crisis in a timely manner. Putting off action often makes matters worse. Accordingly, it is useful, I think, to regard the virtue of patience much like the Buddhist virtue of equanimity. We should wait when we must wait, like Joseph did, with a sense of inner balance. He is able to see possibilities because he doesn't allow himself to get ruffled and distracted and because he has a sense of what's really important. Four, Joseph exemplifies as well the virtue of flexibility. A number of times he found himself in situations not of his own choosing. He had to make do under conditions determined by others. He did not fight against his circumstances. He adjusted. He made do. We are more likely to discover possibilities when we, like Joseph, realistically acknowledge how the world around us has been changing and how we recalibrate our, opportun our opportunities in relationship to these changes. Finally, Joseph was imaginative. He, he especially demonstrated his imagination in his managerial and administrative activities and in his social interactions. He exhibited imagination in his ability to win respect and trust from others. He exercised imagination as he scrutinized the signs of the time and explored ways the Pharaoh could take advantage of the current years of good harvest. After all, as a result of these policies, Egypt was going to be in a position to attract foreigners to come to live in Egypt, like many Israelites, therefore expanding the workforce uh, in Egypt and uh, providing more workers to undertake the projects that the Pharaoh wanted to pursue. 
No doubt Joseph was aware of the way the volume of the, wa of the water in the river Nile varied, often quite dramatically over the course of the years. Accordingly, Joseph may well have interpreted a dream or two in order to strengthen his long-range analysis of what was in G Egypt's best interest. To sum up, thinking about Joseph not as a superhero with miraculous powers, but as an ordinary human, we see how he discovered possibilities again and again in the midst of distressing circumstances. To be sure, he did possess unusually good managerial and administrative and social skills. However, in large part, Joseph discovered possibilities because he thought and acted realistically with gratitude, patience, flexibility, and imagination. And we too can and will discover possibilities in our distressing times as we exercise these virtues. The scriptures add, Joseph did as well as he did because God favored him. It can be argued that the scriptures here are identifying what later thinkers have referred to as prevenient grace or providential grace. Prevenient grace refers to the powers and grace by which God strengthens us to do what we are called to do. However, God however God's grace is not exclusive. In their own unique ways, all are favored. By God's grace and power, much becomes possible as we humans learn to trust. The power of prevenient grace is miraculous. It is not necessarily showy. It is as miraculous as the creation and ongoing being and evolution of the heavens and earth, the creation and continuing evolution of life, the capacity of human beings, including, of living beings, including humans, to make music, the strength and vitality of love, and the words and wisdom of all those prophets and poets who've enriched our lives. We live in distressing times. However, much is possible, especially to the degree that we, like Joseph, are realistic, can be re grateful, patient, flexible, and imaginative. Who knows by what heretofore hidden reservoirs of grace and power we might, in the process, in our own ways, find ourselves responding creatively to these times. As Paul exclaimed in his letter to the Romans, in all these things we are and we can be more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen.